Week three starts tomorrow. The biggest questions from the biggest games. Is USC going to blow out Fresno State? Can the Huskies capitalize against a big-time opportunity to beat Michigan State, the 11th-ranked team in the country? And what about Cal? What about Cal? The biggest question from each of those games for each Pac-12 school. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show. I appreciate all of you out there who have done so already. Over a thousand on YouTube, hundreds more on the podcast side. Really, really appreciate you supporting the show. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts and we've got you covered for the biggest games coming in the Pac-12 this weekend and by we I mean myself and JT Wistersill the host of Locked on Utes and a regular guest here on the show JT another week of college football looms and I just find myself every day waking up in the middle of the week and just counting down the days until college football is back and right now that answer is one and that's a good place to be. 100%. It's always so great. And you get I me mean, waking up with game day in the morning, seeing all the games and the slate. It's it's always just such an exciting time. And I still think there's a lot of quality and fun matchups this week. It's not, you know, there's not a ton of top 25 matchups. I believe there's only two, but still a lot of fun games, especially for the sport and great opportunity for the Pac-12 to go out and get some nice wins. There are a number of those opportunities. Let's start with USC and the Trojans go into a home matchup this week with Fresno State, and, and they're going to be part of our Pac-12 prime picks that we'll get to off of a 3-0 week uh, coming later in the show. The week one with JT was 0-3, so maybe I'll just kick you off the show at that point in time. But anyway, we'll, you know, we'll, I'll make that decision yeah. uh, when, when we come to it, of course. But biggest question I have in this USC game, taking on a Fresno State team that had success against the Pac-12 a year ago, had an opportunity to beat Oregon State last week, but continued what we've seen recently, which is the Pac-12 kind of reasserting itself over the Mountain West. San Diego State lost to Arizona. Fresno State didn't get it done. Like This has been a little bit of a trend so far this year. I, I like USC pretty big here. I think the biggest question for, for the Trojans is, is your defense going to continue to force turnovers at the rate that they have so far? Because it's been at an unbelievable Right. They forced eight or nine through the first two games. That's not going to hold up for for 12 or 13 games this season, but it could maybe hold up for three. Do you think that's the best way to slow down this Fresno State offense? I mean, I feel like turnovers would be, but like you mentioned, I do. I, I just, I trust the Trojans in this one. I mean, look at Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams coming off the game they had versus Stanford. And I don't see how the Bulldogs are going to be able to contain this offense. I just, I look at a team and yeah, Fresno has been able to score a little bit. You mentioned some of those games, they had the 35 to 32 loss against Oregon state. So very much in that game, but I still think at the end, it's just, even if the Trojans aren't able to get those turnovers. And I do think there's a world where Fresno state can get a couple of, touchdowns in this game I think they can keep it a little bit close you're looking at a guy in 
Jack Hayner, who's thrown for 737 yards, three touchdowns on the Jay, season. Jack Hayner's Hainer. the man. Hayner, thank you, Hayner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, thrown uh, three touchdowns on the season. Hasn't thrown a pick yet, but obviously, I do. I feel like this Trojans defense is up to the task, and yeah, I just feel like Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, regardless of if they're able to force those turnovers, the Trojans defense on the Bulldogs, I just think there's no way of slowing that team down. And I also expect uh, Troy Dye to have a good game in this one as well. Yeah, and Troy Dye uh, performed well in the uh, conference opener last week against Stanford. Austin Jones looked good as well. Really, the entire USC offense has looked really good to this point through uh, the first couple of weeks. I don't foresee Fresno State being the team that that finally slows the Trojans down or, or trips them up a little bit. I think if Fresno State is going to pull this upset, it'll have to come in the form of a shootout, and you can maybe allow USC to move the ball because that seems inevitable at this point with the way the offense has been running. But it does seem like you have to hold them to, to field goals at some at, at some point, right? Like you, you can't let them just keep scoring touchdowns over and over because Fresno State has a good enough offense to to score some points. Remigio was excellent last week. The Cal transfer there uh, against Oregon State and Hayner is, I think, a power five caliber quarterback who's just playing at, at Fresno State. I thought he'd go up to Washington in the offseason with DeBoer. He likes to stay with uh, the coaching change and Jeff Tedford. He looks like the guy we thought he was, maybe even a little bit sharper. So I think Fresno State can score a, enough points to at least hang around. But I think the way that they win the game is if they can stop USC from scoring a touchdown every single time, because then that's asking too much of their offense. And what's nice about a team like the Trojans is when you still have a lot of new pieces, those teams can sometimes beat themselves when you're talking about penalties, um, Aaron throws. There's lots of factors that play in where I do think there's an opportunity where if you're looking at it from a straight matchup on paper, it's obviously going to be very hard for this Bulldogs team to stop the Trojans. But then stuff happens where maybe this team is feeling good after they beat Stanford and you know a lot of new guys, new faces in there. We've seen Lincoln Riley teams in the past as well drop games that they shouldn't. So coming into this one, there's definitely an opportunity for the Bulldogs if they're able to capitalize on some of those mistakes that potentially an undisciplined undisciplined team USC team could make but in, in the end it's going to be very challenging for them to do so but definitely not out of the question just because we have seen it in the past let's go to another big game in the Pac-12 this weekend and that's Washington hosting Michigan State and this is going to be in the Pac-12 prime picks uh, for sure as we'll discuss Huskies favored by three and a half according to our friends at bet online going into this one which I think is a pretty surprising number the biggest question to me going into this game, JT, is the Huskies' offense. Now, you might hear that and say, well, the Washington's offenses look phenomenal so far. You're dealing with a different animal in Michigan State than Portland State and Kent State, and they have looked the way a good team should against inferior competition. But now you're taking a step up. You got a coach in Mel Tucker who's got this team and program coming off of an 11-win season. He's a defensive head coach. They've got the sort of recruits that are going to be able to match up with Washington, whereas Kent State and Portland State obviously could not. So that's the biggest thing that I'm watching for is, are you going to see a Washington offense that can come out and even at home put up 30 or more points? Or is the defense going to have to carry them in this one? How do you see it? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, I'm looking at a Michigan State team. you got a guy in Peyton Thorne who's been strong. We know the Spartans rushing attack is still strong despite losing Kenneth Walker and 
I just don't know how much I trust uh, Penix still. I'm just looking at a guy last year who struggled at some moments for Indiana. So, yes, he's been strong against that inferior competition, as you talked about. But I just feel like it's a different beast going and playing Michigan State. I feel like Mel Tucker is one of the best and rising coaches in the country. And it's just going to be a hostile environment. Michigan State's in a similar spot, though. They haven't really played any true opponents as well. So this will be by far the best team they have played as well. So I think it will be a fun game still. But I just think it's a lot asking this Washington team with a lot of the new pieces they still have to go in and get a win. And like I said, I think it's going to be a fun game. But in the end, I do trust the Spartans team. And I do feel like they belong in that top 15. And I don't think Washington is even the top 25 team or really close to that right now. Yeah, I've been a doubter on Michael Penix. I've just seen him play. And look, he's a guy who you can win football games with. He hasn't been durable, unfortunately, in his career. That's the good news for Washington is he's come out of games pretty early. He's been productive, so his confidence is high. Like I think it's about as good of a situation for the Huskies going into this game against the Spartans as you could really ask for. But I just wonder, against a legitimate opponent, I've seen Penix like, yeah, get it done from time to time, but he's never wowed me. Like if he's the reason Washington wins the game, like if you look at his, his numbers at the end of it and he's put up over 300 yards and three touchdowns, I will be pretty flummoxed, frankly. Like that's just not what I see. And that's how this Washington offense ha- has been getting it done so far. And that's what Kalen DeBoer talked about coming into the season at Pac-12 Media Days. Like the quarterback is the focal point uh, of his offense and the attack that they have. And we saw that at Fresno State with Jake Hayner a year ago. And I just don't know how Panics is going to perform in this game. It'll be the first true barometer, right, to get an indication of what to expect from the Huskies going into conference play, but I think it's a legitimate question uh, going into this one. The other big game, Cal and Notre Dame. We'll get to that one and the biggest questions there after we remind you, BetOnline is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this week's games and beyond. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, MMA, boxing, and my personal favorite, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, JT, let's get to this game between Cal and Notre Dame, which is a little more interesting than I thought it would be uh, at this point in the season, given Notre Dame's struggles. Yes. Now, it's still a team that that gave Ohio State a fight in the horseshoe, but it's also a team that is coming off of a home loss against Marshall as a three-touchdown favorite. Marcus Freeman, by all accounts, off to a pretty bad start as a head coach. Biggest question I've got for Notre Dame in this game, JT, is what's the motivation level going to be like for, for the Fighting Irish? How are those players going to come out? Is it going to be a feeling of... Uh, defeatedness and uh, feeling down on themselves because their college football playoff hopes are, are already gone here early in the year? Or is it a team that is wanting to prove because they were so excited? We remember all the videos that went viral when Marcus Freeman was named the head coach. Are they a team that's going to come out and, and want to prove that this is the right guy? He's our coach and we're going to play hard for him no matter what. 
I think it's absolutely the latter, and it's because of the reasons you just highlighted. This this team believes in Marcus Freeman's vision for them, and they're going to be motivated and fired up to go out there, especially at home in front of their fans, another chance and an opportunity to get on the winning track, get that first win, and prove, like, no, we're going to get this ship right, right going forward. And I just really believe in this Notre Dame team going forward against a team like Cal. I think against USC late in the season, look, I obviously we're going to favor the Trojans in that one, but I think for a game like this, I do think Notre Dame's going to come together. Now we do know they have a quarterback injury as well. Tyler Buckner out, but I think Drew Payne was a guy for a while who was battling with him for that job early on in kind of fall camp. So I think, Drew's a guy who can come in there and get it done. I expect this Notre Dame offense, as you kind of mentioned, just this team to be fired up and really ready to go. And I think Cal will come in and give them a good fight. But in the end, I just see the Irish taking this one. And I can see it being handed as well, because just when you get a motivated group of guys who are mad about a loss, because like you mentioned, is there a world where maybe they're a little dejected about the loss? Sure. But for the most part, these guys are athletes who all they've had to do is fight and work hard for everything. So I expect this team, because it's so early in the season, to come out and be ready to show that this Notre Dame team is still going to be a tough team to reckon with in 2022. I didn't put this game in the Pac-12 prime picks, which is our, our, our next segment upcoming here in a couple minutes. But the line has moved out to Cal plus 11 and a half. It opened as kind of like 10, 10 and a half. The public has moved it out now to like Notre Dame to bounce back. Here's an interesting way to think about this game. You've got a young offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese for the Irish. Mm -hmm. You've got a backup quarterback. And you've got a Cal defense that is good year in and year out, right, within the Pac-12. Now, is that a different level than some of the national competition, teams that are competitive at the national level? Yeah, sure. But I watched Cal play defense, and they tend to be pretty good. And they looked fast against UNLV, and the offense was less than spectacular, which is what we've come to expect from a Justin Wilcox coach team. Really good defense, offense not enough, maybe squeak out some wins, but you're winning with your defense. I, I, I couldn't put it in because there are just a lot of unknowns. I, I didn't feel quite confident enough about it, but that 11.5 number is enticing because – the biggest question for Cal is going to be the same basically every week. Is their offense going to do enough? But that defense, you've got a young offensive coordinator. You've got a guy in Justin Wilcox who I think is a great defensive head coach, and his defenses are well coached week in and week out, year in and year out with the talent that they do have. That's a lot of points, and I, I think Cal, like you said, could hang around. you got a backup quarterback on the other side for an offense that struggled against Marshall right with their starter. Now that seems to me like a situation where I, I think Cal could hang around more than I thought they could coming into this 2022 season. Absolutely agree because of what we saw last week. And I think it's something too, where if Notre Dame had squeaked out a win versus Marshall, I actually think I would feel even better about Cal's chances to do a lot of things you just talked about there, but because they did lose that one, the motivation factor, I just think it's going to be a lot to overcome for this Cal team. But you mentioned that defense. I think it's going to be fun to watch those guys fly around, go out there and make plays and how monumental would it be for the PAC 12 after look, obviously week one did not go well at all <laughs> week two though. How about Washington State going over and getting that monumental win? So could you imagine if another Pac-12 team went over to the Midwest as well? And especially – huge. About, 
And with all the conference realignment talk as well, Notre Dame is obviously the big darling and all of that. So you get a team like the Pac-12 and even one in Cal, who's a middle of the pack team at best going over there and then getting a huge win like that. I think that would be awesome for the conference. And look, there's definitely a chance they can do it. I just think it's going to be hard just because of it being at the Irish, that crowd, this team fired up and ready to go. And I do think Marcus Freeman is a good head coach, but I mean, Obviously, Cal might have the coaching advantage in this one based on what we've seen so far. They certainly have the more veteran of the two head coaches. Like from an experience point of view for the guy who is the lead man, Justin Wilcox is entering his fifth year as a head coach. And Marcus Freeman is still in the midst of his first and enduring some very real growing pains in that sense. And he's got to be feeling the pressure, right? I mean, you could see it on his face last week when they were losing that game and ultimately got to the point where everyone realized it was lost. Like the look on Marcus Freeman's face was like, man, I've got to figure this out. This is not, this is not acceptable. This is not okay. The Notre Dame fighting Irish can't be losing to Marshall at home as a three touchdown underdog. It should never be losing to Marshall at home, no matter what the line is. But I I'm just fascinated by what that chess match will look like. Justin Wilcox and a sermon defensive coordinator, they, of course, have Jackson Sermon, who, who came over from Washington in uh, the offseason. But I just watched their defense. I know it was against UNLV, and their first game was against uh, UC Davis, which is how you have a team that's 2-0 and in Cal as an 11.5-point underdog against a team that's 0-2 in uh, Notre Dame. So I, I wouldn't look at the records a lot when, when considering you know where you might want to put your money there. But I, I just think that's going to be an interesting chess match. you got a backup quarterback. You got a pretty young offensive coordinator and you got a veteran defensive head coach. I think, and by the way, the biggest question I have going into this game, can Cal score enough points to keep up with their defense, right? Basically the same question that I've got about Cal every week. The over on, what do you think the over under is on this game, JT? Cal at Notre Dame. Um, Is it, gosh, we've talked about so much the defenses. I mean, is it 40? It's 40 and a half. Look at you. A future in Vegas for this man right here. That is a hilariously low total for a college football game. But I think that's kind of what we're going to see. Like if Cal gets 20 points, gosh, I think they would have a good chance to win. I don't whoever scores 20 might very well win, win that game. I think that's totally possible. This is an Iowa football game. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's 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 the best way. I yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Forty and a half, man. That was good from you. Thank that you. I, good. I appreciate. It. I was genuinely a shot in the dark as well. And I'll say one last thing, just about records in general, because you mentioned the importance when you are going to bet on games. Be really cautious about just looking at records going into these things, because some teams have tough tasks. Let's take Utah for example. They go to Florida. Some teams do what Washington did, and they have two cupcakes kind of early on. So be very make sure you guys are looking at who those opponents are before you're throwing your money on some of these, because records can be very deceiving. I very much agree with you there. UCLA is a great example of that because they had Michigan bail on them. So there are three non-conference games all going to be cupcakes. They're more than a two touchdown favorite this week against uh, South Alabama. Let's get into our Pac-12 prime picks, which currently sit at three and three on the year. Oh, and three first week. That was when you were here. Hopefully we have a, a little bit more success, you know, just, just get one on the board at least. But last week, uh, a perfect 3-0 with Oregon State uh, covering there at the end thanks to their last-second touchdown against Fresno State. But two of the games we've talked about in this one are making it into uh, my three favorite picks. And let's start 
Uh, let's start first, though, with, with your Utes. They are at home against San Diego State. They are a 21-point favorite. And JT, as long as that line was under, I think, 23, I was going to pick them. I thought coming into this year, this would be a game that's a revenge game for Utah because of what happened last year in San Diego. This is a really good Utah team. They're at home. And then I saw San Diego State lose by 18 at home to Arizona. And I said, I, I think Utah is going to blow the doors off of them this week. I'll take Utah and I will swallow three touchdowns. I would like it more if it was 20 and a half, but I really think this game could be like 45 to 10. I think it, I feel the exact same way. I mean, you, I've talked with some of the players this week about it and you can tell this is look, they beat Southern Utah, but you can tell this team is by nowhere means satisfied or anything. And they are 100% motivated and still, I mean, you have 17 returning players. So those guys were there last year and remember that loss, obviously still motivated by the Florida game as well. So they are ready to go. I mean, they are excited to go in there and just put their foot down once again. I mean, the twos and threes played the entire second half pretty much of last week's game. And I think Utah's goal would, now I'm not expecting it to be the same score, obviously that lopsided by the time halftime hits that we're going to be already over 21. But I do think, by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, I expect the twos to be in because I do think this Utah team, especially Cam Rising, who has been up and down this season when I think a lot of people were throwing him in as like an underrated Heisman buzz guy. He's just had some moments where he hasn't been able to deliver in the biggest moments. The interception, of course, being the key one. Got off to a slow start against Southern Utah as well. So I think this Cam Rising is motivated. This Utah team is motivated. They are ready to go. It's in Rice-Eccles. The fans remember what happened last season. Utes big. Yeah, I'm taking the East cover 21. Uh, let's go now to the, the game we started with talking about here on today's show. That's USC against Fresno State. I, I've said all week, JT, to everybody who I've been talking to, uh, fans or guests or anybody else, that if this stays under two touchdowns, I'm I'm taking the Trojans here. I think this is going to be in, in like the 45 to, to 20, maybe 27 range. Uh, if Fresno State could maybe throw in a, a late touchdown and such, but it's sitting at 12 and a half. So I don't even have to give up 13. Now, if you told me it was 15 and a half or so, I probably wouldn't have put it in here. I might've leaned towards that Cal game, but I really think this is a game where if Stanford can't stop USC and they scored 41 points in Palo Alto, what is the, what are the Trojans going to do to Fresno state at home in the call? I'm giving up 12 and a half. I'm swallowing that. JT, and I'll, I'll take the Trojans here to win by over two touchdowns. I, I think they win by 17 to 20 pretty comfortably. I mean, I feel the same way once again. I mean, you look at, we talked about Caleb Williams. We talked about Jordan Addison as well. Like, I just don't know how you keep those guys in check. Like, even if you really try to key in on Addison, there's so many other weapons in Mario and a couple of these other guys they have, they're going to be able to beat you as well. And this defense has some playmakers as well, who we do expect to be able to force some turnovers. So, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I just think Fresno will have some nice moments in this game, but this is not going to be Oregon of last season. I think they're going to hold on, and I think the Trojans are going to win big in this one. Yeah, and you're referring, of course, to when Fresno State went into Odson Stadium as, I don't even remember what the line was, but they very nearly won the game outright. Yep. They could have won the game outright yep. if not for a, a couple of turnovers that, that the Ducks forced there, uh, and it was a 31-24 final. I just do not see that happening here. USC's offense is, is too much of a well-oiled machine. And on that note as well, that was an Oregon offense with Mario Cristobal as the head coach. 
that was not as explosive and as vaunted as what we see from USC and Lincoln Riley this year. And I think Fresno State is a solid team. They will be good in the Mountain West, probably a, a seven and nine wins, probably eight or nine wins in, in the Mountain West this season, you'd expect. And I, I think that's a team that is good there and solid and beating them for if you're someone like Oregon State. But overall, I don't think they have the horses to keep up with, with USC in this one. I think the Trojans at home, especially, will will pull away. I might have some hesitation if it was on the road, but they yeah. give up 35 to Oregon State at home. Yeah, I got to imagine USC is going to going to put up 40 here. Uh, last one here as we wrap up the show and head into week three. The other game we start off talking about Michigan State Washington. I imagine JT, you're going to be on the same side as me here. I, I am really surprised, and I'm always hesitant. When I see a line like this, Washington minus three and a half against number 11, Michigan State, I say, man, that's putting a lot of faith in a Huskies team that hasn't shown it against a power five opponent yet with this team and this coach. Maybe they are capable of that, but I just can't in, in, in good faith look at it and go, okay, I'll, I'll trust Vegas entirely here, even though that's always what that's often what happens, right? You look, you go, oh, that line is ridiculous. I'm definitely taking this side. And then the other side plays itself itself out because Vegas knows. So I think Vegas knows this is going to be a closer game than some people may have thought, myself included, coming into this year. But the fact that I'm getting three and a half, right, with a little hook there for Michigan State, I, I think the Spartans are winning this game outright. So I'm, of course, going to take them plus three and a half. And yeah, I think they're going to win outright as well for all the reasons you mentioned. We just haven't seen this Washington team. And this is a huge jump in competition as well. I mean, you're talking about – Look, no, no disrespect to the other teams Washington plays, but I don't even know if they're top 100 teams in college football. So you look at what Michigan State is. I mean, they're the 11th best team. And I think whatever people want to say, they're at least top 15 for what they did last year and what they've even shown so far this year. I still feel good about them. So Mel Tucker has proven capable of going into hostile environments and getting wins as well. And look, Washington is obviously a tough place to play, but it's not some of the places they have to go to in the Big Ten, that being the Horseshoe, Keeley, and a couple of those other venues. But yeah, I just I trust this Michigan State team to go in i mean they've been productive on the ground already have two guys over 100 yards they have two receivers over 100 yards already on the season as well and this team is going to be ready to go they're going to be locked in and i do think they're going to win pretty handedly against the huskies personally another thing i see in this game is continuity versus turnover and i always tend to side with with, with continuity you know save for a, a few exceptions perhaps but i i really you know, Michigan State, it's not the exact same team from a, a year ago, but they've got the same quarterback. They've got a lot of the same players who, who are back. And I I was I, I still am very surprised that this number is what I would have said Michigan State probably four, you know, favored by four or so, even on the road. And the good news for Husky fans is they didn't stumble or do, they did the exact opposite, in fact, in their first two games against inferior competition. So the fans are going to be there and they're going to have all the energy and hype of this could be a really good season. And you've got a new coach and that brings a different sort of energy. So that won't be a problem. The other thing too, it's a jump of competition for Washington, but it is that for Michigan state in this season as well. Now I've seen Mel Tucker coach with that Spartans team and win a new year six bowl a season ago, but Two teams from year to year are not exactly the same. You have players leave your program and you have to replace them and whatnot. So there's clearly a reason. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, but it's definitely 
I think the biggest single opportunity for the Pac-12 this weekend, if Washington does what what the odds makers expect them to do and win this game, they're they're in the top twenty-five un, yeah. unquestionably, sure. and then they become another team that that's there. I think Oregon BYU is in this category as well because if the Ducks lose, they'll fall out of it, but if they win, they'll certainly be well well inside of it. But Pacific Northwest teams got a couple of big games uh, this weekend to get the Pac-12. I think they can have five teams in the top 25 if people play well, right? Oregon, if uh, Washington can get there, if Washington State keeps winning Mm -hmm. games, I I think you could uh, see all of that. But we'll be watching, we'll be following along, and we will be seeing how right or potentially wrong uh, we were going into uh, next week once the games conclude. JT Wistersill, host of Locked On Utes on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great to have you on as always, my man. And Let's hope that our Pac-12 prime picks have a little bit more luck than they did the last time uh, you and I came on. But good to talk to you as always. Good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.